Hey everyone, welcome to Cuentuhan's Tables, a podcast that seeks to have discourse between members of the Ateneo Management Association and renowned experts about leadership, entrepreneurship, and social issues. I'm Sofia Panaligan, one of your hosts for KST, and joining me is my co-host. Care to introduce yourself? Of course. Greetings everyone. I am Carlo Cantoria, another of your hosts for Cuentuhan's Tables. Welcome back to another episode. Yes, we're back at the tables, and for this episode, we'll be talking about leadership. More specifically, we'll be talking about navigating the corporate world as a former student leader. Now, as a freshman or a sophomore, you may not be thinking about life after college just yet, but as a junior or senior, it's definitely crossed your mind. What is the corporate world like? Am I ready for it? Is the corporate world ready for me? So to gain more insight and to unpack this mystery, I'm excited to hear from two incredible leaders who are truly iconic Alma legends. Yes, I've heard nothing but great things about our featured guests for this episode, Sophia. So I'm excited and honored to meet them. Joining us today, first, we have the former Ateneo Management Association president who currently works as a brand manager at one of the country's leading FMCGs. Everyone, Please join me in welcoming Connie Delos Reyes. Good afternoon, Connie. Hi, Connie. Good afternoon, everyone. Hi, Ama. Happy to be back. <laughs> and of course, hindi mo papatalo ang ating next guest. I'm equally excited to introduce the pioneering marketing and communications vice president of the Interdisciplinary Studies Association, also a former Amman, as she was an associate vice president for advertising from 2019 to 20. Now currently a marketing analyst for the leading e-commerce platform in Southeast Asia and Taiwan. Let us all welcome Alyssa Nathandim. Welcome, Liz. Hey, everyone. It's nice to be back. All right. So they seem really excited, Carlo. We're very excited to have you guys on AST. How are you feeling, Carlo? Right now, I'm so excited to learn more about the corporate world. Am I right? Yes, yes. And let's ask them, how are you guys doing? Let's hear from Connie first. Uh, doing well. Um, I mean, of course, there are a lot of tough days, right? But I think um, it will always be a net gain. Uh, there hasn't been a day where I didn't learn anything. Um, I think, I honestly think um, in my eight, month, eight months here in the company, right, I've learned things that, what? four years of college would not have been able to teach me, you know. Um, really, really thankful. And I, I don't have regrets uh, taking my, uh, using my first step uh, for corporate. That's great to How about hear. you, Liz? Yes, Liz, what are your thoughts? Honestly, same thoughts with Connie. Like, the corporate world, it, it's quite crazy, but at the same time, it's also very fulfilling. And... You know, you just have to get through the, each day, and yeah, you, you can you can do it. Honestly, <laughs> if we're here um, teaching you guys um, what to expect, then someday, sooner or later, you're also gonna be in this position as well. Great to hear, and actually for this episode, so this episode talks about the corporate world and. I'm actually someone who is more on that entrepreneurial side. So I'm really excited to know more about what is really happening in this other setting. And here, um, how about you, Sophia? What's your perspective? Are you in the entrepreneurial side or the corporate side? 
I feel like I'm definitely leaning more towards the corporate world right now. That's why I'm excited to hear the insights from Connie as well as Liz. Yes, and both Liz and Connie work for such well-known brands and it is inspiring to see fellow Athenians now directly involved in these brands. Could you give us more insight into your current positions by describing your role and responsibilities? Let's start with Liz. Okay, hello. So my current role as a marketing analyst is that I'm put under online category campaigns. So when I say online, meaning in-app. So the things that you see there, the banners, the images, when you click them, those are the campaigns that I create. So usually um, my role is end-to-end. So you do the conceptualizing, all the tactics, develop each of the campaign, the process, also execute them, and also do um, post-analysis in order to do better in your next campaigns. And also, with each campaign that you do, you have to reach specific targets as well. So you, as a marketing analyst, have to reach those KPIs. And yeah. Um, that's what I do as a marketing analyst. Wow, well, nagiging technical again. <laughs> KPIs na again, and it's just like the first question. Okay, well, what about you, Connie? Tell us more about what you do. Okay, I'll, I'll keep it less technical, right? Uh, I'll try to correlate it to um, your experience also as coordinators, no? Um, so you could think of it as um, being a project head of your project, right? Um, which in my case, um, I am responsible for the growth of my brand, right, within my within the company I am working for. No, so that in mind, um, like what Liz mentioned, it's also end to end in nature. So to grow that brand, um, I am responsible also for the direction in terms of um, the go-to market principles. So whether you see my products in stores and whatnot, right? Um, that is also one of my one of the aspects that I look over. Um, another is of course the marketing side. Uh, what type of communications will we release, uh, both from a PR standpoint and even TV, um, even in the digital platforms that we have today. And last but not the least, um, I think um, a big chunk of that is you working with our multifunctional team. Right, so within that team is um, our product, is our supply um, person, is our go-to market person, and whatnot. Um, because at the end of the day, my biggest KPI really is to make sure that my brand grows uh, quarter on quarter, right? And with that, year on year. No, so I guess just putting it into your perspective, right? Uh, as a project head, um, it's really your role to enable all of the different functions within the team to ensure that the project will reach um, ultimate success, right? Um, you want to get that project rating up, which in our case is that business growth, no? Um, so you will have to enable those different functions within the team. Uh, first question pa lang, sobrang na-astound na ako sa mga nasabi nila Liz and Connie. Pero it's really really nice to hear na it's related somehow to project management because actually I've been a project manager in certain projects in other orgs as well. And it's nice to know that maybe I could have some expertise as well maybe in the corporate settings too so like if i'm going to apply maybe oh i've been a project head for this event so maybe naman, something yeah, like that yeah that's so true like i'm glad to see now the jobs that they have today is relevant to what we're doing now in corporate as well so to help our viewers and listeners get to know you guys more because uh, you know like carlo or maybe even people younger they didn't really get to witness your greatness 
Arts in AMA. So can you tell us more about your experience as student leaders? Let's start with Kwani this time. Um, so as a student leader, right, I think I, I describe myself as someone who really just wanted to make the most out of my college experience. That being said, uh, I wanted to um, put myself in different um Or I wanted to put myself uh, outside my comfort zone as much as I possibly could. Really. Um, so I really tried to go into different leadership positions within my org in AMA. And separate from that, um, in other orgs as well, or other projects. So that includes ORSIM and whatnot, right? Um, that be, or with that in mind, um, I think for me, I really just describe myself also as someone who really just wanted change, no? And I hope also, like I'm sure majority of the listeners also are Amans, right? I hope I was able to bring that within my term, right? But um, it was really that that kept um, me going, that kept me excited to wake up in the morning. And I guess that's something I took into corporate as well, that willingness, that, that wanting for change, that drive to um, go past the status quo and whatnot. And because with that, um, with that direction, it also goes hand in hand with personal development. Um, beyond developing the organizations I was part of, a big intent from my end also was also just to simply better myself. Because at the end of the day, I also want to be a better individual um, every single day. Right? Uh, so yeah, that, that's where I was, um, and I hope I was able to um, create an impact no, to the people I worked with. Right, but uh, I'm really, really, really happy with. Um, everything that happened in college, and I wouldn't change a single thing. Maybe the pandemic, but um, even then, um, I, I still have no regrets. That's really great to hear that, like you not only wanted to like nurture the growth of people in the organization, but also your own self development. So now let's hear from Liz. Can you tell us more about your experience as a student leader? Okay, so first, back when I was an AVP, back in third year. I guess my student leader experience back then was more on assisting our VP at that time. So um, more on helping out with the implementation versus when I was the VP, I was the one creating um, what to implement, uh, implement sorry, for the department and for the entire org, especially that we, um, it was the first year that we launched this um, organization, especially in the middle of a pandemic. So as a student leader, especially during the pandemic, it was very challenging, starting everything from the ground up, uh, using all our experiences from before, applying it to the new org that we had to create. It was very fulfilling, but also extremely, extremely challenging especially again in the pandemic it wasn't just um our personal lives or like our academics but also our mental health so a lot of these factors were um you have to consider uh and then honestly all i have to say is that it's very fulfilling again but you have to be sure before entering Uh, the position that you want to go into. Well, that's that's great to hear that. Like Liz was saying that you know you have to be sure about entering the position, wanting to. I think like she makes the point that you want to know the change you want to make and the impact you want to make on the people that you're working with. So Carlo, go ahead and ask our next question. Um, 
adding to that actually so they um i like how how Liz considered considers as well yung mga accountabilities and responsibilities as a leader because um i've been seeing lately that um it's really hard to be org active during the pandemic and actually right now in, in college life I've, i became an org active person never ako naging org active like in junior high or senior high and actually so Connie said a while ago that if ever there was an influence during his time actually there was so Connie actually remember nung first sem um we had this IC before and then ah you can speak Taglish if you want as well ayan and here I remember you were one of the people that made me feel that oh um, it's a great org and since then I became active as well joining other events such as um I'm advocates as well Ikaw, Sophia, what was the reason for joining in AMA? It's actually interesting that you mentioned how Connie like, influenced you becoming AMA active because for me, literally same thing with Liz. She was one of the reasons why I became AMA active. During freshman year, I remember like in the one time that I sat at the AMA tables, I ended up talking to Liz and she really encouraged me to like be active. She talked about like what AMA did and I gained a better understanding of how to be active. So look at where we are today. Who would have thought? <laughs> Yeah, and actually, these two right now in Quintuans the Tables, they truly inspired us, and we hope to do the same as well throughout our involvement in AMA. Now, we'd like to ask you, why did you decide to become a student leader? And we want to know more about your experiences as well. Um, so let's start with Connie. Okay, um, so I guess just to start right on why I chose to be a student leader, you know. I think my biggest reason for choosing to be part of the organizations I was a part of was I simply just believed in the principles of the respective organizations, right? And especially for AMA, um, I really genuinely believe in entrepreneurship. Um, I think it's one of the best ways that we can go about our postgraduate, our, our postgraduate lives, right? Um, and it just really resonated with me, the message, no? But in terms of why I stayed, now that's a different story. Um, why I say these two key reasons, right? Number one is definitely the people. Um, throughout my time in AMA or the other organizations I was part of, it was really the people that kept me going. Um, and I just genuinely feel that uh, my experience would never have been the same if not for the people, right? Uh, the second thing is what kept me going, was, or the second thing that kept me going was um, that, or the potential of the organizations I was part of, right? Uh, in line with what I mentioned, um, on the feeling of wanting change, of wanting personal development and org development as well. Um, seeing that potential within the projects or the orgs I was part of, it really just pushed me to keep on giving back to this organization, to, to those organizations, right? Uh, and I've, I ended up falling in love with these organizations, no? Um, so, so that being said, um, right now, question Carlo was on um, to delve on my student leadership experience, correct? <laughs> Yes, like, why did you become uh, a student leader? Copy. Okay, so so yeah, uh, that's pretty much why, no? Um, but I think, I, I just want to touch more on the what kept me going, right? Um, I think, for me personally, especially with AMA, no? Um, I really just resonated well with the potential for social entrepreneurship, right? And this is not me trying to, you know, like, brainwash all of you guys. Ah, okay, also have an advocacy in an SD, right? No, no, no. Um, what I'm trying to say here is, um, 
my biggest guidance for all aspiring student leaders on where on where you want to um, invest your efforts into and whatnot is to really find that um, thing that resonates with you the most, right? Maybe the people, maybe the focus of the org, maybe the potential of the org, whatnot. Um, there's no um, one clear method for how we can all um, be a student leader, right? Or what will keep all of us going. We're all inherently different people, hence we all have different priorities, right? Um, one of the biggest quotes na I really love, I think this is from Father Ferriols. Don't quote me on this, no? Um, not verbatim naman. Pero I think um, it's wag tanungin kung mahirap, tanungin kung mahalaga. Right. Um, that in mind, ask yourself what is important to you. What aniyo mahalaga para sa you, right? And for me, it was that um, SD aspect. It was the people. So what is that for you? No. Um, because being a student leader, as it, as what Liz mentioned, it will come with a lot of priorities, a lot of responsibilities, um, and a lot of people will rely on you to make that impact, right? And for you to create that impact, you will have to. You won't be able to create that impact if you do not personally believe in what you're doing. I am telling you this right now, no. Or rather, if you don't have a reason to stay, right? So whatever that reason may be, find it and invest in it. Right? Um, yeah, that's where I am. How about you, Liz? Grabe, <laughs> even until now, inspired. Para inspired para yung mga sabi mo. Di naman. Nagimbolero lang ako after college. But anyways, <laughs> so for me naman, I became a student leader. Um, it's different stories for for each of the orgs. So for AMA, it's quite cheesy. <laughs> it's a lot more cheesy, but it's more of wanting to give back to the org. I feel like you've always heard this answer multiple times in org interviews, you know? But at the same time, it's it's real. Uh, when I was a freshie, I felt like I was, you know, trying to figure out what to do, what do I want, and especially, AMA, okay, home org. I immediately, okay, I'll be a member here. But then the upperclassmen, you know, they made us feel welcome. They made us feel like we belong. So I just have this personality of wanting to always give back, of always having that utang na loob. So that's where it started, I guess, from a freshie being an intern, then becoming a manager. So I felt like naturally, you know, um, you go up, you try out leadership positions, you go for BOA first, you know, because I feel like I want to be challenged and especially more than just wanting to give back, it's okay to seek for growth. There's nothing wrong with that because that's kind of what org does, you know? That's what you do in college. You figure out what you're good at, you figure out where you belong, you figure out um, what impact can you make with the people around you. Especially that if you have this like goal of creating an impact for the world, start small. Start with your um, closer circle. So that's for AMA, but I just wanted to give back because of the love that I received throughout the years. And hopefully I was able to give that as well, to give back the love and the inspiration to, you know, stay in the org. Um, and then for Isa in fourth year, actually, I'm not gonna lie, I was 
thinking of not doing orgs at all. So, from not wanting to do orgs in fourth year to starting an org from the ground up, like <laughs> completely 180, right? So, honestly, I don't know the budol ako charge, but it's more of like we realized the impact of the pandemic, and again, we we just shifted to IS that time. Um, already on our Yeah, fourth year, our second year in IS, and we realized, oh, there's no org yet for IS. There's no home org, and especially in this pandemic, you need that that anchor or like that group of people you can always go to, that support system. So that's how we started ISA. We coordinated with our department heads, and then from starting a project to Actually, being the leaders and the pioneers of that org, so that's how it started. Um, again, <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna say and gonna keep repeating the word fulfilling, but it really is. But again, it was really hard. It was very challenging, and it really made me go out of my comfort zone. Um, but again, as a student leader, like what I said earlier today, there comes with a lot of commitments with a lot of risks so I just want to say that I wasn't perfect especially that it was a huge jump of um, basically starting from scratch so if you want to be a student leader just you know try um, you'll never know what you're good at again this is college Um, you have one more layer or one more stage, you know, to figure out um, what impact can you do here. It really resonated what you said, the sense of belongingness. Because, I mean, um, during the start of second year, I was supposed to be active in AMA. I was supposed to apply lang as a like a member, pero. Seeing the energy of the org this second year, I feel so hyped up. So I'm here right now. I'm a part of the hosting post, and also because of Sophia and the people of Twenty One Tables, I felt glad that I I still stayed. So I shout out to KST. Yun lang. How yeah. about you, Sophia? <laughs> I want to just shout out the KST core team. Them, absolutely like love this core team so much. Mahalo my favorite core team pala. So we're really like I resonated so much with what both Connie and Liz said about like want you know finding a sense of belonging in the organization, wanting to give back because I think eventually you do kind of get to that point where you're enjoying being the organization so much that you want other people to have that same experience too. So that being said, um, since working in the organization and even in groups for classes, there's really a lot of different ways to be a leader. So what would you say is your particular leadership style? Let's start with Liz. Okay, so I would like to call my leadership style like a motherly ate. <laughs> Maybe because I am a panganay, so that kind of bleeds into my work as well. But um. How I would explain it is that you're you're there for support. You you take care of the people that you handle, and you let them do their own thing. You don't micromanage, basically, because I I show that I trust them. I show that 
I believe in your skills and what you do. You can reach the deadlines. Uh, if you need help, I'll be here. Just let me know. Because when you create this um, this sense of trust, it makes them feel that it gives them that responsibility to do better, to be better. And I guess also that's also the leadership that I am looking for. So you tend to do what you seek for. I feel like that's a really great answer because it's not just about like it's about understanding that people are capable of doing you know the things that they're assigned to do and you putting that trust into them it's like i believe in your capabilities and i know that you will do great things okay what about you connie how would you describe um the way you were a leader the uh so in terms of that rate uh i completely agree with this actually i see a lot of like um see um you know Similar things between us and I, right? I think, I, or at least I'd like to think that um, I like portraying myself as a queer um, from um, an interpersonal aspect. No, um, I, I never hesitated to really reach out to other people and whatnot, and really make sure that people feel like they belong, right? Because I think that's really one of my fundamental beliefs. No, um, I guess as an actual extrovert, I really want to ensure that everyone feels at home in the organization that they're working towards. And so I think that's one of the, my biggest priorities when it comes to leadership. No, um, when it comes to results, um, I'd like to think that I am an individual who really wants or who strives for change, right? Um, that being said, um, my core belief in terms of change is that for you to create a big impact. You will need to enable the people around you, right? Um, especially putting yourself in an org setting. For example, you put a president there who is the smartest person in the world, right? Um, but do you think that that person can really drive change if that person is the only one working towards that goal? It's not, no, de ba? Um, it's not gonna. Ne- it's never gonna be that easy, no. So that was one principle I took into AMA. Na for me to truly drive change, it means to enable the people around me, to empower the people around me, to give opportunities to the people around me, not to believe in the people around me, right? Um, and even going here into my work right now, no, um, especially handling like a, a big brand, right? You can't drive change just just with one person, right? It's gonna it's gonna be impossible, right? Um, in any case, it's really really impossible. So it's all about empowering the people and being a facilitator. So I know I gave this talk in LFS, uh, the leading with courage piece. But yeah, you have to recognize you are a facilitator, a facilitator for the growth of the people around you, a facilitator for the growth of yourself. Um, and basically, it's a facilitator for the development of your organization. So yeah, uh, I'd like to I'd like I'd like to think that that's how um, I operate um, as a leader, and I hope I'm able to do it. <laughs> As being like the trust that Liz mentioned, as well as being a facilitator, you know, encouraging the people around you, empowering them, believing in their capabilities. And you guys have really had such remarkable experiences as leaders. We've witnessed, you know, some of that we were fortunate to. And speaking of experience, we know that so many people seek to build their experience through org work so that it looks good on that resume. So that being said, how easy or difficult was it for you guys to find a job with your leadership experience? Um, let's, let's hear from Connie first. I'm interested to know. 
Okay, uh, so I guess just for background, right? I started immediately after um, college. So I think we graduated June, right, Liz? June, no? June, ba, or May? We ended our classes first week of June. Oh, June. Yeah. So I started July. <laughs> uh, um, I got, uh, so, so basically I, I got offered, I think that was around March. And I signed my offer again at March. Uh, so I think, um, I, I guess I just want to give that context straight. Um, that being said, I think, um, hmm, how, how do I frame this? Looking for a job um, with your leadership position, in terms of how easy or hard it will be, I genuinely believe it's up to you. Why? Because your resume, um, and this is what I believe in now, by the way, um, um, So feel free to um, poke at things that you may not believe in what I'm going to mention, right? But this might be me. Um, so I believe that your resume, it will get you an interview. And in any in, in most cases, your resume will simply get you an interview, right? But during the interview, will your resume do anything if your answers are not at par with what they're expecting? No, right? If anything, they'll feel underwhelmed, right? Your resume will not be able to compensate for it. Um, why am I saying this? Because I also went through my fair share of. Um, okay, so so the, I'm I'm not gonna cite the company, right? But I, I went through one rejection, no? um, and I genuinely know that it is due to it was it was due to my interview performance. Um, after my interview, the moment the call ended, I was able to tell myself, "Oh, shocks." I'm not gonna get offered just because I know that I didn't answer with full confidence or I did not believe it myself, right? So what I'm trying to say here is um, your org experiences, your internship experiences in college, yes, it will help, but it will help you get the interview. But once you're there, since the interview, right, is almost always a deciding factor, no? Once you're there in the interview, it will simply be up to you. So, net going back to the question, um, is it easy to find a job if you're, like, let's say, loaded with opportunities? No, if you don't, if you don't, um, if you do not perform in the interview in line with that expectation that you place on your resume, right? Um, will it be easy, assuming you perform well or even you exceed all sorts of expectations, right? Then yes, no. So that in mind, parang I hope the one takeaway you get from what I'm trying to say is you control your destiny. Um, you control um, any potential outcome. And at the end of the day, job um, hunting or job or getting an offer, I'd like to think no. Um, a lot of it also is up to you, right? Of course, there will be other things no that um, companies will or, or that companies are in control of, right? But what you are in control of, it's your interview, your resume, how you portray yourself, how you position your answers, how you state the problems you've solved in college and whatnot. So yeah, um, I hope I was able to answer your question. <laughs> I think, yeah, you definitely were. I think I, I, a quote that keeps coming to mind is like, the resume will like get you in the door and then it's like really up to you to make you know make it happen once you're there so what about you liz do you what are your thoughts on that 
Exactly what Connie said. Like he hit all the points. Um, but to add to it, I guess it's up to you how you use your experiences when answering. And also, it's not just the experiences, but also who you are as a person. Because each each company has their own culture. So the interview process, it's more on figuring out who you are and are you the right fit? Like personality-wise, work ethics, and all that. Are you going to be the perfect fit for the department, for the team that you'll be part of? That's what they're looking at. Your resume, sure, yes, it looks attractive. But if you can't, you know, put it through the interview, put it on screen or... Like really, um, what do you call this? Embody your resume. Then it's, <laughs> it's pretty much nothing. But again, what you could do though is like to keep practicing your interviews because I've also had again my fair share of interviews and every time I I can say that I'm not really the best at speaking. Like right now, I have to admit I'm not the best at. Explaining my thoughts fully well, but at the same time, practicing, practice, 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 gets you better. Doesn't make you perfect, and it's okay. No one is. But again, it's also okay if you get rejected. It doesn't mean that you're not capable. It just means that you're not exactly the fit that they're looking for. And also, you you know you save yourself some time you don't have to um go through the entire process get there start your work and realize okay i actually don't belong here because i don't really agree with the values i don't agree with the culture so yes sorry can i just like add sorry sorry <laughs> super quick no but i actually super agree with what this mentioned and i love it right um and I guess just to provide also another layer to it. Um, I guess I describe myself as an individual who loves speaking. So flip side of my list, I really genuinely love it. Parang, um, I, I get energy out of speaking, right? Yet, I still did not do well in that one interview I mentioned, right? So what am I trying to say here? No. Just because you speak well doesn't mean you can also perform in all of your interviews completely well, right? Why? I think the root of that will also be how much you believe in yourself, right? How much you believe in yourself and how much, um, you know, what do you call this? How much you associate yourself with that company, right? Um, because I think one of the root causes as to why I did not do well in that interview, although I really genuinely wanted to get in, right, um, at that time, it was because um, I entered there thinking I wasn't enough. Like, I'll be very, very honest with you, no? Na, okay, fine, you could argue that I was just um whatever, um BSing myself. I don't know if I could say that by the way. Feel free to bleep it out. <laughs> I was uh doing that to myself, no. Um because I'd like to I'd like to think that my resume was pretty okay, right? But that in mind, um I still entered the interview thinking that oh no, um maybe my performance in XYZ wasn't enough for a certain company and whatnot, right? But I just realized maybe two minutes after my interview that I just shot myself in the foot, right? So with that, even if you think that, for example, your resume is not um, up to par with your peers, let's say, ha, 
um, at the end of the day, like what Liz mentioned, it will be up to you on how you frame it, on how you um, put yourself out there, right? Hence, uh, I think the layer that I'd want to really poke at is that aspect of believing in yourself and your capability. And I'm sure Liz will agree with this, but everyone is inherently capable, right? Um, I think it's just a matter of how how you want to portray yourself. That's the question. Uh, Carlo, go ahead. You can ask your question. And yeah, nagsisink in lang ako sa mga sinasabi ni Lilith and Connie ngayon. Kasi ay, grabe. <laughs> Pero ayun, I guess yung mga key things na natutunan ko was like, just because, yun, na nagkaroon ka ng parang mga achievements doesn't mean that it will reflect your performance during the interviews. Uh-huh. And your appearance and your performance as well when you're having those interviews are those act- actually the ones that will be the factors whether or not you're accepted and whether or not you're accepted doesn't mean it makes you any less of a person it means it's it's just part of your journey and there's still more to your life diba Sophia? yes so and dami niyo nakuha na insights doon ganyan talaga pag ganyan talaga pag nagpost ako ng mga 2 to 3 seconds yes. and ganun lang naman so now here come your student leadership experiences which experience or experiences do you think helped you most in attaining the job you have today uh, we'll start um, with the- <laughs> we'll we'll go first <laughs> okay. I who will go first oh, sige, ako na lang parang okay. awkward hello everyone dito <laughs> pa rin kami okay um, I think um, I'd like to think no, it's a uh, A big chunk of it is AMA, but also a lot of it, um, like a significant part also is my other experiences, right? But it's really AMA, no? Just because um, I think I was able to not, I mean, in terms of, from a quantity standpoint, I spent the most time um, in AMA, right? But besides that, I think um, I experienced a ton of ups and downs um, within AMA. And if anything, that just pushed me to be who I am today, right? So why would I say that um, my AMA experience, if anything, really helped me um, post-college, right? Um, I think taking a step back out of the organizations, no, or the student orgs and whatnot, I think the biggest takeaway that you can, or the biggest thing that you can really take from your college experience going into whatever job it is that you're going to after your college is uh, really the soft skills piece, right? Because In terms of hard skills, maybe for example your marketing classes or whatnot, um, it will never just be you know directly correlated to your performance in um, the jobs that you guys are working. No, like for example, you get an A in marketing, that's you succeed as a marketer, right? Um, because there are a million things that you will have to learn on scratch. Um, when I entered in my company, guys. Everything was from scratch. Um, I felt like back to zero. I mean, of course, not back to zero, but you have to learn everything on the fly. And I'm not sure if Liz also has the same experience, right? Oh, but then, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you have to learn everything on the fly um, in terms of technical skills because there are a lot of things that are on the job that will not or never be taught in college just because they're very tailor-fit towards what you want to do, right? Um, so that being said, it's really the soft skills. And with... The various experiences that I had in AMA, dealing with different types of people, working through different types of circumstances. Um, like, for example, went through the peak of AMA outside the pandemic, and then 
had to transition it towards a pandemic, right? Um, those types of things. Yes, you could argue that maybe in hard skills like um, Excel or like how I manage projects and whatnot. But really, it's just the baseline expectation. It was really just the soft skills that I was able to carry over. You know? um, how I deal with people, how I genuinely believe in certain projects and certain initiatives. Those those types of things that I was really able to uh, carry over. How about you, Liz? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's just every time Connie answers, I'm like, yep, I agree, because it's true. Like everything he says, always spot on. So I'll just have to add to what he said. So again, it's mostly soft skills, like how you interact with your peers, especially that when you go to the corporate world, you're going to meet so many different people from different backgrounds, so many stakeholders, and. Each time you interact with them, it's always going to be different. Like, sure, you're going to meet another fellow Gen Zer, and then be like all caps messaging them, right? But then it doesn't work for another stakeholder. Like, it, it it's not always the same. So, I guess also in college, like everyone came from. Uh, they have their own different backgrounds, different courses. I guess like in IS compared to AMA, I guess we're a little more um, we somewhat meshed into the same personality. So it was a lot easier to interact with each other, like creating, um, working on projects and all that. But then from switching from AMA to IS from ISA, I guess also that adaptability. That's also that. That that skill that companies always look for is like how fast you're able to adapt, because oh my gosh, when they say fast paced, in your um <laughs> in your position summary, girl, it's fast paced like crazy. <laughs> so basically, just being able to adapt, being able to pivot quick on your toes, um, and reach all your goals by the deadline. That's that's something you have to like, I guess, look out for once you get into corporate. But it's not as scary as how I said it. Uh, how I said it. But in college, I guess that again the adaptability, how you manage your stakeholders and their expectations. Um, take note of that as well because you can't always please everyone. So. I guess those help, but at the same time, everything else start from scratch, and it made me feel better. Not not going to lie, it made me feel a little. It gave me less less pressure that I don't have to be good at this immediately, good at that, agad agad, you know, because they know that you're a fresh grad. They know that you're a fresh hire. They're not going to hire you. And think now, oh, this fresh grad should have 15 years of experience when they only went to college for four years, you know. Right. So, right. so you know, it's you just have to manage your expectations. I feel like a lot of people like come into the corporate world thinking that I'm ready. Like I already have all of the skills and tools that I need. But see, like look at Liz's face. She really said, like, no, you don't. Like you are gonna start from scratch and. This question, I feel like, is something that a lot of people would want to know about. And what have been the most challenging aspects about entering the corporate world as a fresh graduate? 
We can start with Connie, maybe. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, sige. I guess ano, I just want to add like something super last to that one earlier because um something I, I'm really passionate about, right? Um do remember also that for example, um let's say you're able to create such a crazy crazy project in college, you no? Know? Like let's say um project X and then it oh never mind, it sounded <laughs> sounded bad, but <laughs> I just realized now um project A. <laughs> mali, mali. Okay, project A. Um, let's say you create project A and then what? It's a five out of five um, rating in your evals and whatnot. But for example, um, you you talk about it in your interview, right? Do you think that these companies are immediately gonna think, oh, this person created and succeeded project A? Therefore, they will also succeed with the brand. Hell no. Ninlaisipin <laughs> yun, right? Um, I think um. On top of what Liz mentioned, it's really just just that willingness to learn, that willingness to adapt. No, again, it goes back to the soft skills. Um, remember that um, in terms of what you carry over from college into whatever it is that you do after it, um, it's not about the what you did, but it's the how you did it, right? I think that's the how that they're really looking um, for. No, and going going to your question, um, Sofia, on the biggest struggles, right? I think um, ultimately it was really just the um, the need to hit the ground running and learn um, on the fly, right? Um, so yeah, as what this mentioned also in fast-paced environments, um, it will really push you outside your comfort zone because even from day one, you are expected to um, be the owner of whatever it is that you're doing, right? Full ownership, and I'm I'm happy because it's also one of my principles. And uh, the principle of the company I am working for, so completely aligned with that. No, um, that being said, uh, I guess to see the struggle, like my first few months, uh, first three months, or first two months in the company that I am working for, it really just um, there were days I felt like I didn't know anything um, <laughs> because it was so difficult, right? Um, imagine you have to digest like what years and years, especially for um, like example, a brand that's been existing for more than 50 years, right? You are expected to be the manager of that, um, coming from college. No? So, so you have to annoy. You have to really onboard yourself, or rather, not on onboard yourself, but more of learn on the fly. Really try to um, digest things as soon as you possibly could, right? And I guess that's my biggest struggle, um, because at the end of the day, right? Um, practically speaking, you think, oh, four years in college. I only studied marketing theories or whatever theories and whatnot, but now, boom! Expect from zero to 100, I'm expected to execute and grow my brand, right? Um, you think it's physically impossible, but uh, in line with our ancestors here, it will always go back to that willingness to learn, that willingness to adapt, right? And if anything, one of the piece of advice that um, my boss mentioned to me was that you are hired for your fresh eyes, right? That being said, um, don't think that you are coming from that that you coming from college is a disadvantage, right? Because if anything, you can use it to your advantage. You are seeing the brand or your role with the freshest eyes possible, right? Hence, you have the biggest or the best ability to think of things that are outside the box, think of things that um, or think of pivots that people may not have thought of before, no? 
But of course, you still have to hinge it on what worked before, right? For those brands, right? I think that's the sweet spot, eh? right? Um, that you have to really try to touch on. Um, that being said, I think one thing that also helped me through those struggles was knowing that um, at the end of the day, um, you can always ask for help, right? Um, I think one of the biggest things that I also took away from my bosses, it was really that um, if you need help, just ask for it. Because if you don't ask, you don't get it. Right. So, so I think I know. Just be open, not only to other side, but I think it all starts with being open to yourself. Know when to admit that. Okay, um, I'm really struggling in this aspect, right? Because at the end of the day, also, beyond having yourself struggle trying to understand something you act already can, you may also harm the business because you're trying to force something that you already don't understand, right? So, might as well just ask for help, right? And that's also one thing that I'd like to think I was able to take away from college, especially going through a pandemic. No, um, like for more background, I when I was elected as president, that was when the entire pivot started, right? Basically, all of our plans we had to pivot to um, an online setting, and hence there was seguro, there, there were days I felt like I was in a pickle. Um, it was just a struggle thinking of new things, just because I felt um, very very constrained, constrained, but. That in mind, I reached out to different people, right? Beyond the members, I also sought help from actually professors. Um, and this is something uh, only the EB knows, right? But I really sought different professors, different um, uh, men, different people I'd consider as mentors, even outside Ateneo, just so that I can get a clear picture of how to pivot certain things, right? So with that in mind, um, I think it's really two things no, that helped me throughout my struggles. Number one, it's that um, willingness to learn and adapt. And with that willingness to learn and adapt, it's that um, ability to admit when you are in need of help and the courage to ask for help when needed. Well, that's really reassuring to hear that even in the corporate world, like, you know, they're still open to hearing your questions and to you admitting, you know, what you don't know and that they're willing to provide the help to help you out. Because eventually, you know, everything that you do is going to impact the business, as you've said. So Liz, do you have anything to add to that? Is it okay if you repeat the question? Oh, yes, <laughs> sure, sure. So the question is, what have been the most challenging aspects about entering the corporate world as a fresh graduate? Okay. Yes, agree again <laughs> with what Connie said. But again, to add, I guess that it's more on your expectation on yourself that you do have to let go. Because like, I remember when I first started, again, I, I always felt like, okay, the imposter syndrome is so it's so real guys <laughs> you always think like i'm i'm not good enough i'll never be good enough why am i here why did they accept me i feel like th this is some type of trick like was i accepted because i'm uh, because of my school because of my course it's all these like trying to make sense of something but then actually it's just you that um you just lack that belief in yourself so i just wanted to reassure again that you are more than enough you are doing absolutely amazing with whatever you're doing but also you have to let go of all of these um expectations just again you're a fresh grad you have a fresh set of eyes you that's why you're 
um, hired by this company because they know that you have something new to bring to the table. And exactly what Connie's boss said, my boss also said to me. So I was like, hey, do we also have the same boss? But it's exactly that, like our edge. Um, and I guess that's why um, the company that I'm working for, our population is mostly young. And because it is quite a young company. So in my team, none of us are above 30 years old. And that's how young in my small team. But then in our like bigger team, no one's above 40 years old. So you can really tell that, um, especially with e-commerce, I guess it makes sense to have a young population because it tackles with technology and all that stuff. So again, um, it's mostly... It was really hard to, especially for me, I have quite a low self-esteem. I, I always admit that. Uh, and I am very aware of that. So it is quite like a hard shell to like break through. But then at the same time, again, you can always ask for help. There, that's why your teammates are there. They're always so open to all of your questions because they've been there they've been there um not so long ago and exactly how they survived is like the same way that i'll be surviving in this company and in my stay so yeah it's okay to be scared that's very normal um you just have to get through it and get through the mud <laughs> i love how both of you integrated something about mental health as well starting in the corporate world and actually I learned another principle Sophia again Natanasha so oh. in this in our Athenian life we all they always introduce us with this phrase na you should always know your why pero now hearing the corporate world eto na nabago natutunan ko you should always know the how ayun so <laughs> yes kasi diba tama naman diba we should always know how things work in a company how you should yeah. always learn to ask things, right? Because if you don't know how to approach people, then you're not going to grow as a person as well. So reaching out to people also benefits you as a worker in that industry. And since both of you, Liz and Connie, are new workers under your respective companies, um, what have been some of the most significant experiences in your job thus far which have helped shape your abilities as a leader further? Um, let's start with Connie. Mm, I think uh, one of the biggest so far, right, is I think um, new, launching new products. No, um, I guess from conceptualization to actual execution, it's always um, very, very exciting and very, very um, fulfilling, right? Um, so, so I guess to clarify, right, the question is how I was able to, uh, or, or what were my most significant experiences and how this correlates to my student life, correct? How was your experience in the corporate um help you become a better person as a leader? Like mm. not in the org or, or leadership style, more copy, on, copy. as you as a person. Copy copy. Okay. Um. So that in mind, um. Yeah. You know, the biggest experience talaga was yun yeah, Um. Relaunching a product or different products, right? Uh. For the brand I'm working for. Um. With that. Um, I guess I just wanted to go back also to what you mentioned, Karina Carlo, right? When uh, when you guys were talking about the corporate versus entrepreneurship, 
no, no parang you were like more of corporate and uh, you were more of on entrep and then Sofia was more corporate. Honestly, um, I'd like to say also the same for me. Na I am more entrep um, initially. Right? I, I was more entrep. Na um, I entered college knowing that I really just wanted to do my own thing, right? But um, it was towards the latter portion of my college experience that I wanted to try corporate just because um, I want to learn from the best companies first in terms of operational discipline and whatnot. I want to develop these certain skills within me um, so that when I do, you know, end up um, doing what I or doing something on my own, I am more than equipped, right? Um, so what I'm saying is there's no, ano naman, parang it's not like a, a half and half type thing, right? Because I also have colleagues who are corporate, but have their own side, have their own side businesses, right? Um, so yon. Um, that being said, I feel like the biggest experiences nga of, like, for example, launching a product, I think it directly correlates with my aspirations in life, right? Um, it it allowed me to have more confidence that when I do take a step out or when I do step out of my current role and like let's say. Um, do something different. Um, I'm more than capable to do so if I choose to leave my company. That is right. Um, that's first. The second is I think um, there are a lot of things in business that you can apply directly to your life, right? And um, one of the biggest things that I learned throughout my stay here, especially in launching a product, is and again, I will have it in Bosco. Um, there will be a lot of problems in business. Um, in fact, there will be like a million problems in business, but you have to be able to prioritize and determine what is that one or what are those one to three problems that you need to solve that will serve as the root cause of all of the other problems, right? Um, it's more of learning to prioritize, right? Because at the end of the day, not even just with corporate, right? But with anything, right? I'm sure even you guys in college, you will always have an eternal backlog. There, even in your personal lives, parang, I shucks, I want to I should have went to the gym like three weeks ago. Parang ganon diba? You always have an eternal backlog, right? But you have to know what is important to you. What is um, what is what does what has a bigger impact to your priorities? Um, and essentially, what will what do you think will make you happier? That's what will contribute a bigger margin to society. Right? Um, that being said, with the launching of a product, right? Um, of course, there will be a lot of problems with like, the product design, how to like market it properly, like um, as tactical as like a, the pub mats, for example, like contextualizing it also into the orgs, the commercials and whatnot, really. But you have to take a step back and determine, okay, what is the intent of what you are doing, right? So why are you launching that product in the first place? What or who is the target market that you are trying to um, penetrate? What are the barriers to entry? For that product or whatever, and from a delivery standpoint, what are your biggest, um, what are your lowest hanging fruits, and what are your biggest opportunities, right? So putting it into like my personal development, then you have to know also what really is important to you, right? Am I because because right after college you end up realizing shocks. What type of person am I? Like am I a family person? Am I someone who wants um? Uh, like let's say, am I super duper career driven? Like what are what's important for me? Then about relationships, friends, whatever. Ganon. Um, yeah, I, I guess that experience of launching a product really just put things in perspective. Na even throughout life, you will have an internal backlog, and you just have to know what's important to you and prioritize accordingly, right? And don't let go of the things that matter to you the most. Um, I think that's a that's one of my biggest takeaways, talaga. 
Because honestly, there are like a million super small problems. Even in, I mean, I'm sure even in orgs, like as small as if you have a script, right? Like a script you're making and then, ay, shocks, may typo. Right? But then you also have like a big, bigger problem. Na, for example, the target market of the um, of the project you're trying to do is not in, or you're not able to reach them, right? Where will you spend your one hour? Trying to fix your script or reaching your target market? Diba? It's two sets of questions that you should always answer and always ask yourself, right? Um, always try to take a step back and try to think, okay, is what I'm doing really impactful or is this just like um, hygiene work that I don't even need to think about? Parang, parang ganun, like those types of things. Right? Then, um, I learned how to prioritize with um, uh, due to launching a big product. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> I see. Grave. So is it like Uh, somehow related to immersing yourself more in the personal aspect if you're gonna work as well in the corporate setting. Sorry, what do you mean by like immersing yourself in a personal aspect? Like, um, every, it's like an experience as well. If you try from corporate, then the experiences you gain there, it could also help as well on you, on your plan, on being, on having your own business in the near future. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely, right? Uh, I think in any case, naman kasi, I mean, even not corporate, right? Whatever, whatever experience you put yourself into, there will always be something you can learn and apply into other aspects of your life. Maybe even friends, like being with friends, de right? ba? Like you have a friend that you ended up fighting, you ended up drifting apart from. With that in mind, you can apply that learning also into your business. Don't let go of your business relationships, de ba? I mean, it's it's those kinds of things, right? Um, but to answer your question, yes. Definitely right. Um, I think there are a lot. Of course, there are things that corporate um, will not be able to teach you for entrep. Arguably, right? I mean, there are like certain small things, no. But from a top line standpoint, business readiness, readiness, business acumen, um, framing of certain issues, learning how to prioritize, um, maximizing resources, financial constructs, etc., etc. You learn. You can learn that and apply to your business, definitely, right? Um, so yes, net. The answer is yes. Right now, I'm saying, "Ah, No, it's okay, naman. Um, na curious lang kami sa ano mga pwedeng ano endeavors pa after the corporate world as well. Um, can you give us maybe some ad- short advice list? Um, on adjust on what maybe we should have a mindset. Um, on being successful in our corporate endeavors. Wait, me right? Ah yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I I didn't. It wasn't clear, but okay. I guess like an advice I could give. We it was sort of mentioned already earlier today, but like just keep, just have an open mind. Just always be willing to learn new things. All it's always that willingness. Wait, is that right? <laughs> advice no, but, for? Oh, sorry, yeah, your for question. The, uh, yes, in advice for for Amos that who are going to maybe set up an example and think of you two as role models. What's that? Do you know It's just whoa. It's just interesting to like uh, for people to see us as role models because personally I don't exactly see that in myself. Connie, yes, 100% sure. But like for me, it's like yes. 
you're you're gonna marry all the wonders. I, I promise. Might... <laughs> believe, believe. Bawal, bawal. Kita tayo in video. Okay, I won't cry because I'm also wearing makeup. <laughs> you can you can cut that unnecessary part. But anyways, I guess one advice I could give to people who do look up to us is that we're not perfect. You're not perfect. Even if you see us as your role models, don't put us on a pedestal. Don't put anyone on a pedestal. Um, sure, you can be inspired, but just know that we're more or less the same. We're pretty much living the same life. Um, and it's quite reassuring because like, you won't have this like feeling of hierarchy, right? That oh my gosh, I can never be them. But actually, no. You, we're, we're all, we're all just you know trying to survive. Medjumema, <laughs> but like, let me gather my thoughts. But yeah, that's all I could say. That it's again, we're humans. We're going through life as is. It's okay to feel overwhelmed because there will be people with us that will hold their hands if that's what you want or just guide you along the way. Um, there's so many of us. Again, don't think of us exactly as like role models, but more of like your ate and kuya that you can always approach um, for any advice. Because you know what, maybe you will um, do better. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> so sorry. It's the man, okay. Taking it back with the question. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, it's fine, man. It's like you know, like because I started to ask that because actually there are two amas who prepared questions for you two, and we we recorded it for you to answer. And right now, um, our program score will be share screening. The two questions that our two amas prepared for us. Yes, let's hear those two questions. I'll go ahead, Kirby. You can play the first video. Hi, Alyssa and Tony. Um, I'm Trina from 2BS Management Honors, and I'm a fellow amat. And I would actually like to ask a question. So, you know, it's very important for people, especially leaders, um, to remain calm and strong amidst difficult times, especially at work. So I guess my question is, um, how do you or how do people like me who doubt themselves very easily when they make mistakes, um, how do we develop that resolve and confidence in oneself? So that's for my question. Okay, <laughs> one thing I could say is that Take it till you become it. <laughs> that's really, that's one of the things I always um, have in mind because even I have so much doubt. Like until now, I have so much doubt. Heck, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and the next few days, weeks. It's like you're just always so clouded. But at the same time, again, that feeling that everyone else is going through the same thing as you're going through it kind of alleviates that doubt a little bit that maybe it's all 
just in my head. But at the same time, I don't want to, um, what do you call this? To, what's that word? Not gaslight, but um, what you're feeling is totally valid. That feeling of doubt. But how you could get through it, I guess, is think about the things that you have accomplished. Like, it's so easy to get caught up um, in the moment, especially with what's happening around the world that or like, especially that you always see, oh, um, what do you call this? Okay, scratch that. While I was job hunting, my newsfeed was filled with people of like, started a new job at company A, company B, C, D, all that stuff. And like all their their titles are such big titles that I get so, I, I had so much doubt, like not gonna lie, I had times where I broke down just because, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life? Like, again, I was just new to my company. I, I'm already in my fourth month, so I didn't start my role until like October. So from June to September, I had that like gap trying to figure out what I want to do. What do I actually want to do post-college? Because not gonna lie, I still feel lost. I have so much doubt. But, you know, when you talk to these people who already went through the interviews, who already got their jobs, there's, again, that sense, that feeling of comfort that it's totally normal. That even... I'll, I'll mention Connie because <laughs> he was one of the people I asked um, regarding like the interviews and the interview process because I had so much self-doubt and he just kept reassuring me and it's just that you already have it in you it's more on trying to break through that shell of doubt of self-doubt that you're more capable than what you believe that you're actually capable of if i answered that question tony how about you <laughs> love transition lol so so i know um i guess taking a step back again no um going back to the question earlier on advice for success right uh siguro ano um i i, I just want to briefly touch on it right i think just realize also that we weren't born this way. <laughs> In a sense, na parang all of this, it was, ano, um, it was um, a build-up of many different choices that we made throughout our lives, right? Um, that made us who we are today. So I think it's really just choose to be daring, choose to um, go outside your comfort zone. And it will always be a process, right? Um, at the end of the day, I think, at least one of my personal beliefs, right? Because, by the way, I, I don't personally believe in luck or like, um, um, you know, like bad luck also, no. I, I genuinely believe that everything is a choice. Um, so that being said, in terms of success, right? Or how you, how, however you guys want to frame success, maybe like personally or like in a career and setting and whatnot, right? Um, I think it's all about choosing to learn also. Choosing to um, put yourself out there, choosing to put yourself in uncomfortable situation. Most importantly, choosing again, choosing to ask for help, right? Um, because you leverage people around you. And going into um, the question, the, the most recent question, right? Um, whenever you have these problems, no, um, 
so I agree with Liz. It's completely normal that you will be taken aback. Um, and allow yourself to feel that, right? Um, allow yourself to feel it because it's completely valid, no? And um, it can get overwhelming, talaga, especially as a restorative individual who, kunyari, um, you immediately want to focus on the answers again to the problems, right? Um, it, it might be very, very overwhelming, especially if the problem is really crazier, intense, or the struggle is real, right? Badly put. <laughs> But um, that being said, again, same piece of advice. My biggest guidance when it comes to losing that, when, when my biggest advice to moments wherein you feel like you've lost confidence with a big problem or whatnot, is to take a step back. Ask yourself first, what is most important to my business or to my project? What is most important to the people around me? And what thing will drive the best impact? No, net. Try to ask yourself what is what are the most important things um, to for that project and whatnot, and hinge it back on that. Right? Because I think a big um, issue or that a big struggle that I also faced before was um, once I face a problem, I parang especially if it's a big problem, right? Um, this tendency talaga to just immediately think of the solutions and whatnot, or at least get flustered, right? But when you hinge yourself on what's important, you start from an entire picture that's like filled with overwhelming thoughts. Once you hinge yourself on what's important, you start removing certain things. Na, okay, this is important. This is important. Until you have that one concrete thing, right? And that was my biggest guidance when um, I tried to transition AMA into online, right? What was the most important for the world, diba? Was it the projects? Arguably, yes. Was it the people? Definitely, yes. Right? Was it the advocacy? Yes. Diba? And that in mind, when I put those two things together, people and advocacy, everything trickled down na rin, right? When I As long as you prioritize those two things, right? Um, so going back there, how I was able to get confidence, um, it was really through that, that prioritization. No? But of course, um, I had my fair share din talaga of like those self-doubts. But with those doubts, um, again, ask for help. Diba? Um, you can't solve everything alone. Leverage the expertise of other people. And at the same time, you will also have more confidence, diba? Once you clearly know what are those priorities, right? But with that, of course, parang it will also take time for you to develop that expertise or that, ano, um, that instant understanding of the priorities of your business or your projects, right? Um, parang again, like what I mentioned earlier, everything will be like um, accumulate. It, it will, ano, parang. Who you are today is a build-up of all of your choices back then, right? So again, it's a process. Um, get better day by day. Um, okay, let's say you struggle now, or you have to struggle with a big problem now, and you're unable to prioritize immediately. It's okay. Try again tomorrow. Try again the next day, until you reach a certain point. Na once you got a big problem, boom. This is my priority. This is my action plan. This, these are my next steps. These are my KPIs, period. Right? So, so those types of things, no. Um, again. It's always going to be a process. Um, it's really just that courage to acknowledge when um, you're wrong or when you need help and learn from it and just be better the next day and the next day and the next day. But yeah, listen, I we were born confident, man. It was a build-up. Yeah. And believing in yourself. Ayo. <laughs> Yes, like you know, we have to be a little bit more kind to ourselves. It really is a process. You have to understand that it takes time to build that confidence in oneself and one's capabilities. 
And that being said, we loved your guys' responses to that answer. So now let's hear from our second Almond. Kirby, let's share the video. Hi, Connie and Alyssa. I'm Sean, a fellow Almond from Tubius Management. And I'd like to ask, what is something you learned in the corporate world that you wish you knew as a student leader? Parang nahirapan sila dun sa tanong Carlo. <laughs> Napapost din bigla rin yung video eh, no? Ngunit <laughs> yung tanong ni Sean, what is uh, something you learned in the corporate world that you wish you knew as a student leader? Sige, I can take a crack at it muna. Uh, honestly, ano, um, it was more of my reaction was, Wow, um, that's a great, great question, first and foremost. Uh, just because there are like a million things. <laughs> uh, there are three a million things talaga na if I knew, parang, because again, like what I mentioned, I, I feel like I've grown exponentially. Um, I've grown more than four years of college could have given me in the eight months I was here. Right? Um, so yun, I, I genuinely just felt like I could have been a better leader, right? Um, in terms of driving results, the best way to drive results. And even what I mentioned earlier, right? Na, um, what do you call this? Na learning how to prioritize effectively. Honestly, I'm so much better at it now than I was back then, right? Um, before, yun, as a student, it's still easy to um, get flustered a lot with a lot of things. But yun, given in the corporate setting, na you will be faced with like a million problems, at least 5x of what you're facing as a student. You will really be forced to prioritize. As in, you have no choice or else you will not survive, right? Oh, but I guess I to answer that question, no. Um, there are a million things that I wish I could have learned and applied to college, right? But I'd want to to answer it by flipping the question, in a sense that I think in any case, whether it be your transition from grade school to high school, from high school to college, there will be a million things that you learn in the next step of your life that you wish you could have applied to the previous um step of your life, right? But then again, you won't know until you're there, no? And like looking back at it now, yes, I was like, shocks. if I learned these things as early as, col- as college, no, I could have um, done different things in AMA, right? Pero is there really merit to me thinking about it? Not necessarily. Because it will always be a, ano, a process, right? Not just within your personal career, but also for your own maturity, for your own personal growth, right? Oh, so ayon, I guess to be concrete, some of the things I learned na, na I could, I wish I could apply was yun, art of prioritizing further, art of driving results, um, the art of how to maximize your team's capabilities, your capacity, what it means to be a true um, brand manager or president, bad report. I wish I could have learned. I, I, I definitely wish um, I could have applied those things as early as college, right? But then again, these are things that I really would not have learned um, in college at all, even if I tried like my hardest. Because nga, it took these experiences in corporate for me to learn them. Hence, my biggest advice na, um, I guess one takeaway you can get from what I'm saying is, yes, there are a lot of things you can learn in corporate life. But in terms of trying to think of the impact you can make today, don't think about what you can learn tomorrow. Try to think about what it is that you can learn today given the resources that you have right now. Right? 
So yun, um yeah, I hope I answered that question. <laughs> How are you this? Yes. I mean, Connie, you've been sharing really great insights in this entire talk. Liz, what about you? What's your answer to that question? Okay. I'm still trying to let everything sink in. I guess for me, right now, my role is more focused on execution. So not much on the leadership skills, but if there's something I could have applied um, to um, back in college or back when I was handling my departments. It's more on what I could have done more in terms of like tactics, <laughs> again, very execution-centered, but all the all the things that I could have pushed for, for let's say ISA, um, there was a big what if for me for that org, especially um, as a VP. I really could have done so much. Um, and again, like what I said, I'm I'm not a perfect student leader. I had so many flaws. I had so many things that I wish I could have done better. So. That's one of the things that I wish I would have applied for ISA, especially as a new org. Um, what pushes I can do for mo so more people can figure out, uh, can know what this org advocates for, what the purpose of this org is for. Because I guess, yeah, there were initial um, strategies. There were, uh, especially in the beginning, but it was more of like being consistent. And I guess in the corporate world, that's one thing I realized that you have to be consistent with your work because with consistency comes with um, with getting better, with developing your own skills. And again, like what Connie said, if he if you already knew what you're supposed to do back in college, then it kind of defeats the purpose of like living in the moment and learning things. Um, as you go because that's really what you're meant to do is that you are supposed to make mistakes you are supposed to learn you're like those lessons will come at a certain time and i guess what you could do um instead of thinking of the what ifs you could just think of what again with my current resources what can i do with them so sure, I've learned new things now. Um, so maybe what I could do is just give that advice instead to someone who's who who's in my who used to be in my position, if that makes sense. So for example, the current AVP, I'll give this specific advice on what they could do to further better the image of the org and all that. I think that's like really great advice, right, Carlo? Yes, thank you so much Liz and Connie for answering our questions and for sure all of us will truly carry your advice as we venture in live. And moving forward, we would also like to know more about you personally, which is why we have prepared a short activity for you. Yes, to conclude our interview, we have a series of fast talk questions for you guys to answer. So simply you have to choose one of the options given within the question or provide a one word or short phrase answer. So talagang pabilisan po ah. For each question, we'll have Connie answer first, followed by Liz. Are you guys ready? Game. 
Yes, they're ready. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. First, early bird or night owl? Early bird. Early bird. Mag-aral or mag-trabaho? Trabaho. Mag-trabaho. Someone who inspires you. My dad. Oh my gosh. All I can think of is Lani. <laughs> Uh, yes. Okay. Next one is hopeless, romantic, or realist. 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 If life had a button, would you press rewind or fast forward? Fast. Oh, nothing. I wouldn't press the damn button. Out of the box question. Oh wait. Oh. How about you, Liz? Is is there a button to like slow down? Or pause. I need that. I mean, we can make one for you if you want. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> then. Okay, next one. First thing you do in the morning. Ane. <laughs> Go to the CR. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 I'm going to say it. Eh. <laughs> Drink water. Okay. Digital planner or bullet journal? What? Digital planner or bullet journal? Digital planner. Digital planner. Finish the sentence. All great student leaders eat blank for breakfast. Eat courage for breakfast. Uh, <laughs> how about you? What do they eat for breakfast? Favorite question namin talaga to, honestly. But they eat food because breakfast is important. You're viewing yes, us on. Yes, Tamayan. Okay. breakfast. It's the most important meal. Uh, yes. Next, describe the corporate world in one word. Growth. Crazy. Ooh, growth and crazy. Oh, crazy growth. Okay. So last question. <laughs> Could you please finish the sentence for this one? I am an excellent leader because... Because I want to be one. Because I know I have flaws and I don't force things that I'm not Sure off. <laughs> it's okay. We love that answer anyway. Okay, okay. I'm gonna correct you. Not one. I strive and try my hardest to be one. Yon. Yon. Yeah. Add more layers. Transcriber, please take note. <laughs> override. Ay sige, mag-override na lang din ako. Oh, para magdudulot ng pagmat na lalabas. Kasi may pagmat ni quotes. Yeah. Ayong ano? Wait lang, wait lang pa ulit. Gusto mo yung gandahan mo, Carlo. Gandahan mo yung delivery. Isa pa. Okay, so, ulit ka pa ba, Liz? Eh, Liz, parang kay Liz. Go. Okay, one last. I am an excellent leader because... I am an excellent leader because... I know I have my flaws and I know I'm not perfect, yet I still do my best each time. Yes, yes, a straight uh, for growth. Okay. Thank you. 
So now, this is honestly the final part. As a parting message, what question or message would you like to leave with our fellow Ammons as student leaders who may decide to enter the corporate world after college? Let's hear from Connie first. Um, I think um, my biggest message right is that acknowledge that you are young. We are all young. Um, so there's really no pressure to find out what exactly it is that um, you want to do for the rest of your life. Because to be frank, you can't, or rather, it's a very, very vast minority, um, or rather, only a handful are able to determine that as early as high school, even college, right? No. Um, and that's not saying that you're not um, an exception or whatnot. It's just that. Um, there's really no pressure to find out because at the end of the day, you won't know until you try, right? Um, so with that in mind, um, not even just for corporate, right, but for in approaching job hunting or post-college um, in general, right? I think just know that there's no pressure to find out um, what your passions are because at the end of the day, it will always be a journey, right? Once you graduate for college, that doesn't immediately mean that you have to have things all figured out, right? Because at the end of the day, it's still a process, no? So with that, um, have the courage to try go outside your comfort zone um and at the end of the day okay if, if you don't like it and it doesn't work for you then at least you know rather than theoretically you're already closing yourself off to many different possibilities right um before you've even given them a shot right so that's really just my biggest tip um have the courage to try um have the courage to um do things outside your comfort zone have the courage to be open to different possibilities and have the courage to ask for help or seek expertise from other people, um, especially when you're in a pickle. And ultimately, um, the biggest um, root of all of these is have the courage to believe in yourself also. Because at the end of the day, um, and I also told this to Liz um, earlier, right? Um, when, when the interview process thing came up. But just know that all of us are inherently capable, right? Um, it's all about how we frame ourselves. And at the end of the day, um, we all have the capacity to do things. It's just gonna be on our end on whether we choose to do them or not. No. Um, so that being said, um, good luck in all of your postgraduate journeys. But then again, um, enjoy the time that you have left in college because it will be over sooner rather than later. Um, that, that's one thing I'll tell you. Um, college, you think college is super slow? No, it's super fast. Uh, once it's all over, it's all over. Right. You have the rest of your life ahead of you, but college is a sport five years, right? Um, so enjoy it, make the most out of it, learn what you can today so it can be a better tomorrow. Uh, but acknowledge that you are still young, you're still learning. And once you graduate, you are still young, you are still learning. So still learn and still try new things. That's it for me. Oh, I loved all of that. Honestly, as a junior, I'm starting to feel that pressure of like, oh my God, I have to make the most out of the time that I have left in college. But you know what, that, that reassures me. Connie's advice is so broad, we love it. Okay, and Liz, what about you? Okay, so remember the button thing that I said earlier. Just remember to always have a pause button or a slow down button. Because again, like what Connie said, everything will, will end so quick. Like college really just ended in a snap. And same again with once you're once once you start working you don't even realize like okay that's already the day that's already a week or a month like heck i didn't even realize that i'm already on my fourth month 
So, and again, for me, it's so weird to think that college, I, I'm not in college anymore. It, it, like everything flew by so fast. But at the same time, you end up wishing to, you end up wishing for the Friday night, for the weekend to finally arrive. And that's exactly how you lose sight of what you have right now, of your life. You don't realize that, oh my gosh, I'm already getting old. But at the same time, like what Connie said, that we are still young. We still have so much. So let's use that to our advantage, that we make the most of our youth while we still can. Because legit, life's too short. (laughs) Especially for student leaders, I just wanted to add. Like, I feel like for student leaders, Every uh, you, you guys are amazing, but you're you're so caught up with all the problems again with all the small problems like what Connie said, because there will always be a million of problems. But it's just that you have to figure out which problem matters the most. <laughs> yes, I totally agree. Choosing the right path and taking some, making the most out of it. And thank you for joining us, Connie and Liz. And we're glad to have gained insights into your experiences navigating the corporate world as a former student leader. Yes, to our wonderful listeners and viewers, if you would like to reach out to Connie de los Reyes, feel free to contact him via LinkedIn at Connie de los Reyes or through Instagram at Connie DR. And if you'd like to reach out to Alyssa Natundim, feel free to reach out to her via LinkedIn at Alyssa Natundim through email at maxinatundim at gmail.com or through Facebook at Alyssa Natundim. Before we end today's episode, we'd like to thank our partner organizations, the Ateneo Junior Marketing Association, BITE, Building Young Tech Entrepreneurs, and the John Gokong Way School of Management, Sangguniyan. Again, we're your hosts, Sofia Panaligan. And Carlo Cantoria. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you in the next episode of Quen Tuan Sa Table.